Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, the red and white Naugahyde. Nice stuff. Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. It's so awesome to be here. And Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. It's so nice to know that you're, Thanks you're for sitting having a, me. across the table what from me. What a treat me. for me, man. Thank you. Oh, no. It's the, always a treat. The pleasure <laughs> is all mine. You Trust want me something. on that. What do you want? No, I don't want anything. <laughs> I, I, You know what? I want to talk about these fun topics. They're all fun, man. Man, I just. About? You know what? Uh, when I was growing up, there was no chance in the world. That I I would have given you zero out of a hundred, yes. In um, like, hey, do you know that you'll grow up and you'll be talking about Jesus on the radio? Oh man, that I would have given you a zero. I would have said there is absolutely no chance. That is not even remotely possible. That was not on my radar. Let alone Catholic Jesus. Yeah, that, <laughs> right? that wasn't on my let, radar. Let alone the Catholic Church and what we teach. It came and all closer that stuff. to your radar though, with your background. My background, there's no way, no well, way. In my background, but yours with the recordings and the video and all that other stuff, yeah, this is right, right up your alley. Yeah, I guess uh, we don't have like a you know offensive or defensive line. We don't. No, <laughs> no. In I think our, the only way we crossed paths was you filming something. I did. That was about it. I was like, I I <laughs> shot on the sidelines. Now, were you actually playing Fun when times. I did that? I think so, probably. Because the yeah. Yeah, we would have. We were. You were. You're. You're behind me in high school and college. Man, I wish so. I still had access to all that footage. Oh, that would be terrible. I wouldn't. Yeah. Want, I wouldn't want to see that. No, we don't. It'd be it's the past. Don't yeah. go back to the past. We need to talk about the subject today. The subject today is important. Yes, it is, and it's uh, it's a challenge too. You know, it is. what is the most? What is the thing that we always love to talk about? It's always in our top ten list. It's always, you know, how we prepare and confession. Best, right, confession. Yeah. Now. I, I was thinking about confession, mm-hmm. probably because I need to go. And and so I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking, I just started all of a sudden thinking about the act of contrition. Right. I don't know why. I was just thinking about it. Cause it's one of the Holy neat, Spirit, that's well, what it that's, is. I think you're right. But one of the neat things about the act of contrition is you don't have to just say it in the confessional. Right. And when you do, it's part of the the right when you go into the to confession. But it's like something that, like when you sin. Right. You can say the act of contrition because it. I mean, it helps you to know what contrition is, and obviously, contrition is important. And um, I, I do want to read um, what our catechism says about when it talks about confession. Mm-hmm. It, it says this in the uh, paragraph fourteen fifty one says, among the penitence acts, contrition occupies first place. So, like, first place. Like if you're if you're going to confession, the first thing you better be contrite. You got to be sorry, right? It says contrition is sorrow of the soul and detestation for the sin committed. And here's the other part: together with the resolution not to sin again. Right. <laughs> and I say that in these, that ominous voice because like that's it's like I'm sorry I just did that. That's not enough. I, I need to resolve to never do that again. With Think about help, that for a second. With the that's, help of his grace. I know with the help of his grace. And that's why I love that act of contrition. So I do want to read the act of contrition. Right. I made a cool poster that oh, we put I up like at, the, at the school. Yeah. You know how the kids like when they're texting, they say, OMG? 
Oh yeah. Right. So I said. Oh, that's perfect. I said, OMG. You made that up. I did. And I have a picture of like I an, need a copy of that an old timey picture of the confession. You need to put that on the website. Dave. I will, and it says yeah. OMG, and it says confession was cool way before texting. <laughs> and <laughs> and the OMG is oh my god, yeah. I am heartily sorry for having offended you, and I detest all my sins because of your just punishments, but most of all because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve, with the help of your grace, to sin no more, and to avoid the near occasion of sin. And so I'm, I'm, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the uh, just the the act of contrition. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, call it lectio divina. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. But man, my my heart and my mind went down to this concept of the near occasion of sin. Perfect. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, we can come up with a couple of examples, but I thought, like, you know, we should do a show, Tom, that just basically focuses on that whole concept. It's a great idea. Because we go into confession. I like what you're thinking. We do what we do. We confess our sins. We are sorry. I mean, I I don't doubt people. But sometimes we say we make promises, and we don't really look into that promise, you know. Right. We don't always stop and go, what what is, what would we just agree to? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because it's hard enough to firmly resolve that I will sin no more. Right. But that other part, it's like we don't even realize how much trouble we get into or how we get into the biggest trouble right? by putting ourselves in the near occasion of sin. Right. The near occasion of sin. Like, it's not sinful, but I'm like standing next to sin. Right. Flirting. You're flirting, flirting with, with sin. Mm-hmm. Or I'm thinking like, I'm strong. I can deal with this. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So I kind of wanted to go through some... Uh, some ways in which, or just some understanding of how we avoid the near occasion of sin and what that actually means. Yep. Right? So I think it first comes to mind when we talk about all this. When we talk about going to the confessional, when we talk about uh, of you know sinning no more and mm-hmm. avoiding the near occasion of sin, we have to first understand that we're, that we're weak. Totally. Right? That, 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 that's like, because how many times is it like, I got this, I got this, I'm okay, I got it. I mean, I'm sure you did that all the time on the football field, right? Coach, put me in. I got it. I got it. Dorian. Next thing you know, you're flat on your back. Somebody pick up Dorian. (laughs) And you're going, you're spitting the grass out of you. You need to stop. I'm starting to have a flashback. Don't don't do that. But the point is we have to understand that we're weak and that, you know, like, I love the expression, water takes the path of least resistance. It does. Man, it's so easy to sin. Right. And I, and I think about what St. Paul says when he in his letter to the Romans. Now, I'm going to read this, and it's kind of funny because it's like I get tripped up every time I read it because it's, dude, how did you come up with all this? It's kind of confusing sounding. You can kind of hang with it for a minute, and then all of a sudden you, you get you lost. Lose but, it. it's, but, it's, but it's Romans chapter 7, mm-hmm. uh, verse 15 and on. It says, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. So then it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. Ooh, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. I can will it, but I can't do it, right? For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now... (laughs) If I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. Now, it gets starts to get kind of confusing there, but it's like ultimately you can boil that whole thing down to 
Oops, I did it again. There you go. Right. Like well, who's that great philosopher? Was it uh, Britney Spears? That's right. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> now, is that the only time that Britney Spears has ever been sung on EW10 or relevant radio? Yes. I don't I would know. Yes, yes. I don't know. Maybe. You could get fired. You might want to be careful. Yeah, and so please don't do everything that you see some of these pop stars and rock stars do. Right. That's bad. That is bad. However, there's wisdom in those words. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. And as essentially, that song. That's what is Paul is saying, written. basically. It's like, man, I keep doing it. Yeah. Why can't I stop? And you, you want to come up with all these reasons, but you know what? Ultimately, you're weak. Right. And there's, there's a little more to it. And it's like this concept of concupiscence, that big fancy word we use in the Catholic Church, that means that ultimately, you know, we are predisposed to sin. Mm-hmm. We are essentially. Uh, when we're born, each of us are born, we're born sinners. Right. Right. We have original sin. It came from the Garden of Eden, our first two parents. And so, uh, you know, we're just, we're going to sin. Right. And so we're weak and we're going to sin. And we just need to uh, understand that. Now, another neat thing to think about, though, and to always remind ourselves is that God loves us and offers us an ocean of mercy. I mean, literally. That's true. He is the definition of mercy. That's right. And and he, he offers that. Uh, and it's constant, mm-hmm. right? It is fathomless, mm-hmm. an ocean of mercy it is. Yeah. Right? How many times you stood on the beach, Tom, and looked out there, mm-hmm. you know, and you look out and you, you see nothing, but you can't even see the, you, you, look, the, you see the horizon, there's That's nothing it. out there. Right. An occasional little ship, <laughs> you know, there's sound effects, our found, sound effects crew kicks in. You know, and it's like you see this, this it's just like, it seems like it's endless, Right. Well, that's just an, a way to just glance and see that's God's mercy. Unbelievable. Right? It's it's all there. So we have to remember that stuff. Yes, we are weak. We're drawn to sin. And yet God is merciful. Yeah. Right? Like the prodigal son. The, Run the, to him. The father, he's always going to be there waiting for us. Right. So now, I guess there's a caveat, though. We don't want to presume on his mercy. Correct. Right? So when we sin, go like, it's okay. He'll forgive me. He's, we got it. We got yeah. it covered. Right. I'm going to be sinning until about 5.30, yeah. 5.45, yeah. 6 o'clock going to confession. You know? It's like, that's not the way it's supposed to work. No, it doesn't work that and way. And that's why the church actually calls presumption that way right. a sin. It's the sin of presumption. Right. Right? So, but we can be assured of God's mercy. Right. Right? And that's different. Mm-hmm. It's like, now you're thinking like St. Paul, like, why do I keep doing this over and over again? Right. Right? My flesh. I keep sinning. I keep falling. Mm-hmm. But I know what I'm supposed to do. And it's with his help that I can do it. Right. So that's all. That's all great uh, to note. So like, so what? Are, like, how do we avoid the near occasion of sin? Now, one of the things I would think is is to pray. You know, and it sounds like, well, you mean like an Our Father, and we would talk to him. It's like, you know what? There just needs to be that willful desire in your heart, where you're firmly resolving to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. You you do have to pray and say, Lord. I cannot do this alone. So invite him in. Right. And I think sometimes that's going to help us um, if we're praying not to fall to temptation because I don't know about you. Have you experienced temptation before, Tom? Just once. Yeah, just once. <laughs> it was just once. But it's been a long temptation. <laughs> once in the last. Yeah, exactly. It's been nonstop. So it's yeah. like wherever you turn. You're it's in the there. grocery market. You're in, you know, you're in McDonald's. What, whatever you are, if you're a human being. It's there wherever it's, you are. There's going to be temptation, right? Right. So whatever your, um, your 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 draw, whatever your 
you know, we have these great charisms God gives us, but also we also have these these things that we can't shake. That you know, whether it's lust or 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 anger, um, you know, all these different temptations that are kind of hitting us, right? Constantly at work, mm-hmm. and the devil knows all that stuff. He does. So so praying is a good thing to do it to mm-hmm. to, to get rid of that too, to to put that temptation to not act on that. Temptation. Now, I had as a younger man, someone, uh, one, I, what, someone, a priest. When I was confessing, he was like, "Now you know, temptation is not a sin." And I'm thinking, "That's true." You know what? You're right because Jesus was tempted and he didn't sin. Right. But acting on that temptation, well, that's that, the sin. Yeah, that changes. That changes stuff. So, uh, so prayer is important, mm-hmm. um, and we have lots more to talk about. But I do need to stop. Because my lovely wife would like to talk. I'd rather hear from her. Yeah, exactly right. I love you, but... That, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for that vote of confidence. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll be putting on makeup in the break, so maybe you'll think I'm uh, better looking Prettier. for radio. i got a face for radio. So. Perfect. <laughs> but anyway, i uh, love to uh, invite you guys back for the, the second half of this show. We've got much more to talk about with the near occasion of sin. Uh, before we uh, do that, mm-hmm. want to re- invite people to... Uh, to come to our website, thecatholiccafe.com, newly redesigned, beautiful. beautiful. It's wonderful. Go see. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, and also send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, please come back. <laughs> I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfrith's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the god of St. Boniface, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true god. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. 
Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm here with Tom Dorian, mm-hmm. partner, and we are talking about the near occasion of sin. Avoiding it. Yeah. How in the heck do you do that? What does that mean, actually, the near occasion of sin? So we got some little Awareness. scenarios here. Awareness. Awareness right? Because we don't want to sin, as St. Paul was saying, like, I don't want to do what I do want to do that don't want to do, but they either do and I can't keep doing the don't well, why do I keep doing it? It's like it gets confusing, but the thing is stop doing the bad stuff. Right. But you know, a lot of times we don't realize how the bad stuff kind of sneaks up on us. Right. How you're led to it sometimes. Yeah. And so we want to talk about That's the some whole of this awareness thing. Like what are things that we can do? And we talked about some basic concepts mm-hmm. concepts to understand that we are weak. That we're drawn to sin, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Remember, God is merciful. Right. And he's always going to be there to receive us. Right. To reconcile, to be reconciled to. He's always available for us. He's uh, the ocean of mercy. And, of course, you talked about prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's you can always say, well, prayer's good. But really just when it, in times of temptation, mm-hmm. when you are looking at something you shouldn't. Right. And something walks past you that makes you think a certain thing. Right. Whether it's, you know, at a sporting event or at a buffet. You know? Exactly, I know. <laughs> Whatever it yeah. is, you know, it's like, hey, should I go in that casino over there? I, well, I don't know what your, <laughs> what your draws and what your things are that, that cause right. you to, uh, to sin. But, you know, a prayer, Lord, take that out of my heart right now. Right. Right. So um, that's important. Another thing that a lot, I think a lot of people don't do well enough mm-hmm. is to, to like – be your own, uh, I don't know, bouncer, and okay. physically move yourself from a situation. Physically oh, yeah. remove yourself where you are. I mean, like if you've got a problem with lust, well, don't when you go to the restaurant to sit down, don't turn the chair the certain way to make sure you got the good view. Right. 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 So, and I'm just thinking like little simple things like, and sometimes you can't help it. You're sitting there, and uh, you're like going, "Well, great." You know, now that's in front of me. What am I supposed to do? You know, right? And and I don't I don't want to be uh, callous about all this stuff and think it's all about those things. But the reality is, so what do you do? Right? Do you say, um, you know, do I just you know only look at my French fries or or what am I supposed to? How you know? Sometimes it's just as easy like you you get up and act like you're going to get an extra napkin, then you come down, sit on the other side of the table, look the other way, or yeah. I mean, just physically removing yourself from a situation. It's kind of like an alcoholic. An right. alcoholic will not go to a bar or won't go to an why event would I go where to there's a, alcohol. Right. Why would I go to a place where there's They're avoiding a that near occasion. Right? Right. Um, you know, you don't want to go to a steak restaurant when you're, when you're not eating meat on Fridays. That's exactly right. Because that thing. smell, you know, it's like, oh, that right. smells so good. Yeah, it's torture. And so you start <laughs> to think like, well, it's going to be better for me if I don't put myself in that tempting situation. Right. Right. So physically moving yourself, yep. blocking yourself, barring yourself, mm-hmm. 
that's a good thing. That's right. Right. So that's that's a that's a something we don't. And we all a lot of people are like, I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. good here. No, you're not. Right. Right. Now another biggie is is when we talk about technology. But really, you know, a lot of people like to look at technology and say, oh, it's evil. Right. No, it is amoral. Technology does not have a moral. Right. right. It doesn't. It doesn't have a moral compass. Technology is like, you know. Guns don't kill people. People kill people, right? Or, right. you know, only you can prevent forest fires. You know, it's not the match that's evil. Right. It's what you do with the match if you're careless or that's whatever. Right. And so in the same way, technology needs to be used wisely. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we need to master it. Right. It is a domain that needs to be mastered by us. Right. Because if it masters us, we're in trouble. Right. Right. We've already, we've, we've already given in. There are tools, though, when it comes to going online that right. can protect you from that Coven, covenant eyes i mean there's all kinds of different right so programs when you're talking about there. when you're talking about sexual addiction you're talking about lust you're talking about all the issues it that help surround that there are really good technological ways in which you use them right um and then also like if if you have a problem with gossip if you have a problem with anger with racism with bigotry of any kind if you're a misogynist whatever the deal is like you hate women and you you know whatever your your issue is Right. Maybe not hanging on Twitter and Facebook and getting in the middle of all the That's right. conversations and battles. Master the technology. Yep. Limit the time and also do it in a public place. Right. Right? Where where you put your in in the days when everybody had a computer in the home, you know, when it, we busted into that world, don't give Junior a computer up in his room. Right. It's you put it downstairs where everybody can see what's That's on right. the screen. And That's it just right. eliminates uh, uh, the the possibility it just narrows it down to I don't know between zero and negative one right. that someone's going to be in the den doing terrible things on Facebook you know and and whatever so monitoring that's important mastering that and watching it for your kids is is vitally important uh, and people need to, to to do that but like also like on your phone yep right what do, what do I have on the back of my phone you have the prayer to Saint Michael the Archangel Saint Michael the Archangel yeah. you know and uh, and I know a You're priest. You're impressed that I knew that, aren't you? Uh, no, I'm not impressed. I'm yeah. just. I'm glad you noticed. I'm just very observant. Because it's like you know that's an avenue smart. for Satan to get in there. It's like, that's hey, smart. you know, uh, if I got a problem with, uh, uh, you know, treating people poorly and and saying bad things about it, gossiping or what's the latest scoop or whatever, Saint Michael, defend right. me in battle, right? Tom, you got on your home locket lock screen. You got a. Big picture of the crucifix there from our, our church, how beautiful right. that is. Yeah. You know, so so go ahead and, and, and uh, another Surround neat thing yourself. is I, I know a priest that when he has in confession, he'll tell people, because uh, I was talking like, well, what, when, you, when you do penances or whatever, he says, you know, sometimes it'll be like go to the store and buy a St. Benedict medal, mm-hmm. bring it back to me, I'll bless it. It's a very special blessing that you say on the St. Benedict medal, and it is an officially... Uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's the only medal the church recognizes that has exorcistic qualities. The devil hates it. There you go. You take that and you, he said he said just you know you glue it to your computer. That's perfect. It's it's there. <laughs> you know you don't lay it there because you know it's like I'm going to take that medal off before right. I start doing all this gambling online or whatever. Yeah. It's like no no glue it on there. It ain't going anywhere. That's a great idea. And you know Satan hates that. Yeah. Because Satan hates God. Mm-hmm. Which makes him hate you. That's right. And he's always out to get us. That's right. But like having that medal, uh, that's so that's like getting supernatural assistance. That's, that's a great idea. So another thing, near occasion of sin. How many people have said like, oh, I'm fine to go to that movie. I'm okay with that. 
Yeah. You know, and pretty much, I don't know about you, but everything on cable now, right. they've deregulated so much stuff that when you watch some of these major um, movie channels, they're, it's, it's like soft pornography. It's yeah, terrible. It's, bad. it's really, and they'll stick in the middle of really good programs oh, yeah. that, that lock you in all the action, the adventure, the, mm-hmm. the, the intrigue, and all of a sudden it's like, what, where did this come from? Yeah. Why is this important? Mm-hmm. Right? And so um, a lot of times we, we end up like putting ourselves in that situation because we're excusing it by saying, well, you know, it's a program about, you know, knights and, uh, you know, damsels in distress. Right. They just don't happen to have any clothes on right now. <laughs> But it's really a good story. It's like, no. Right. Come on, near occasion of sin. <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. Exactly too. right. That's, that's exactly right. Another cool thing that I've I found that works, and I, I help guys who are struggling with, um, you know, with addictions, especially lustful addictions, mm-hmm. is to pray in the morning in bed. Like, you know when you kind of wake up in the morning, yeah. your mind wanders? Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, fill it with Hail Marys. Yeah. And it's amazing how good it's idea. like, uh, you know... Uh, I, I got the one in, one out rule in my brain. And okay. if I'm thinking about something bad, it just needs to go out and something good needs to come in there and just good take idea. over. It's a good idea. So it's like, pray. In that way, mm-hmm. at, those, at those times where you're most vulnerable, is it taking a... 